0: You are now tuned into The James Grage Theory, episode 20, The Untitled Nutrition Show. We're going to come up with a title for it later, but um, welcome back to another uh, episode. I know you guys missed the hell out of me last week, but I was partying for my birthday in Yosemite. Not quite partying, trying to walk, and... uh, Trying not to freeze. Trying not to freeze. Well, the the cold wasn't the problem. It was more of the hiking going thousand feet of elevation The snow wasn't the hard part until you realize it's three feet of snow and every step you take, you're going down to your knees, pulling it back out and taking another step. It was, that was miserable. And I don't think my, my body was ready for it. Like I told you, I was the biggest dude there. And then like you said, well, they probably all started, some of them probably started that size, but I think this is a great episode because we'll kind of talk about all that. The nutrition, maybe pointing fingers at me on my nutrition. Because I'll be honest, so the reason I wanted to have this episode, and you kind of felt this episode, I think, because you even told me I already knew you were going to talk about this, but you had no idea before an hour ago. Um, in the past three weeks or a month, I've gotten my training down. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going in there, I feel good, don't feel any injuries, I don't, you know, I feel strong, I'm a big dude anyway, I'm going to feel strong. The problem is, I don't know if I'm fueling that correctly or recovering correctly supplementation i I have down you know i I only take a very couple supplements here um best bcaas i take our protein powders but i don't take so much pre-workout and stuff because i just don't you know i don't i don't like the stimulants like that um but i want to fuel naturally with some food some Mm -hmm. pre-workout food so we'll get into all that but number one question how do i how do i put it all together i guess that's a bigger question but just generally in in a simple way how do i Um, Put it together. It's National Nutrition Month as well, so here at BPS Sports, yeah, we've been celebrating it. Um, But yeah, I just want to talk about the importance of nutrition. I know you've had a long life. I don't even think you think about food anymore. With me, I use it as a different way. I use it. It's more of a stress reliever for me. You know, for most people, I think they use it as. You don't eat here when you're sad, the foodies and stuff. I don't think I've ever heard you talk once about delicious food or anything like that. It's just kind of a part of your life, just the fuel and go. Mm-hmm. So um, how, do, how do I put it? How do I think like that?
1: Well, I think right off the bat, you uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Everyone's different, their association that they have with food. I look at food. It can be a lot like a drug. You, know, you look at why a lot of people drink or do drugs and – Some people may have that association that it's just to have fun, to party. But for a lot of people, it's not. It's a form of self-medicating. It's to change their state. You find yourself, you know, feeling a certain way and you don't want to feel that way anymore. So whether you drink to change your state or you do drugs or food, and food is almost like a drug in that respect. Think about it, especially sugar. Sugar is a drug. Totally changes your state. But just, you know, food in general can really change how you feel. And so I think there's a lot of people out there that can relate to that when they're feeling bummed out, stressed out, whatever, and they just want to feel differently. They, they gravitate towards the refrigerator or the pantry. And so that's a separate challenge in itself. There's, you know, We can talk about the right way to eat, whether you're trying to lose weight or build muscle, but then this is a whole different ballgame over here. This is, you know, it's not just psychological either. I think it's physiological at that point. You know, it's almost like an addiction that, you know, that's your go-to and it becomes very habitual when you feel a certain way, it's automatically, you don't even think about it. Most people don't, they don't think, Hey, I'm super stressed out. Let me make myself feel better by going and eating something. But it just becomes part of that habit loop for them.
0: With me, I'll admit it. It's eat great here because I know I work for a fitness company. So when I bring my meals in here. You're not going to – nobody here brings like a bucket of fried chicken because not that anybody will judge you or criticize you, but you kind of want to keep it a clean environment. You want to support everybody in their habits whenever – I'm the guy that when I walk in with a plate or something, I was like, oh, it smells so good. It's like everybody's sin, you know. I kind of like being that way, but – when the weekends come when I'm just done and I'm just straight, I don't want to cook anymore or do, you know, you'll go to the easy food, you will go to the fast food, you'll go to the comfort food as, as it were. Um, but the weekends are where I know nobody's holding me accountable. I'm only holding myself accountable. So that's where it can you, kind of fall off
1: for people. You're in the privacy of your, of your own home. You right. know, no one's going to see what you're eating. No one's going to judge you. No one's going to ask you any questions. Uh, so yeah, that's a big part of it. I mean, when, for me, when I was single, It was really, really easy because I would just control my environment. I would only buy certain things. I wouldn't even bring it into the house Hmm. because I knew if I did, there was that temptation. Now having kids and got, you know, you know, cereal is my weakness. That's my kryptonite. So not just cereal in the house, you know, 10 different kinds of cereal. There's, you know, fruit fruit snacks and, you know, you name it. There's everything there. So now I've got that temptation. And uh, so... Now it's a little harder to control the environment so I have to use different tools in my arsenal to go ahead right, right. and combat that. One of them right off the bat is is fueling myself putting something good in my body first. So if I'm hungry or if I think that I'm hungry, I'll go and I'll make sure that, you know, I'll eat something that is quick easy. Like that's where supplements come in for me. A lot of people want to have the debate, do you need supplements? And I'm the first to stand up and say, no, I mean, look, if you want to lose weight or you want to build muscle, you don't have to have supplements. They're just convenient,
0: number one. They're what they are. they're supplementation to... Yeah. And that's why supplements that.
1: fit right into nutrition, because it's something you put in your body, right? What do you need? You need water and you need sustenance. So they fit in with the nutrition piece of it. And a lot of times they're really just a convenience they taste good, you know. So if you're eating chicken breast and steak and whatever trying to get your protein, sometimes drinking some something that tastes like chocolate peanut butter, or strawberry or cookies and cream, it's not terrible. No, it's a nice break right. from that, right? So it's convenience, it's it's nice, you know, to have that taste, but the big thing is is that convenience. So if I'm in that snack mode where I want something right now, and I want something that's going to satisfy a little bit of a sweet tooth. But I don't feel like cooking a meal. Right. It's pretty easy to throw a couple scoops in a shaker cup, shake it up, and drink it. And usually, that kills that urge to go eat whatever I shouldn't be eating at the time. So it's not like it's not like I'm not susceptible to cheating and eating bad things. Right. I just have, you know, a process that I have of how I combat that.
0: So we can go a thousand different ways of, hey, how do I get to eat to get bigger, eat to get this, eat to get that. But let's get specific to, I'm going to be specific with mine, to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, summer's coming up. We all want to have, you know, rock our tank tops and shorts and be okay to take off our shirts. I'm pretty sure 80% of the people want to probably lose weight. There's a small amount. You know, we can maybe talk a little bit about gaining weight. But um, a lot of that you did with Kirby. And that's just kind of, I think, about being very consistent. But to lose weight, is it as simple as calories in calories out because i mean that's what when i tell people especially dudes my age i'm like hey i started doing this kind of intermittent fasting that's what i'm i'm trying to do now um we'll get into that as well but when i tell my friends and someone like manny here is like dude it's just all about calories in you could eat at any time you could eat at anything and any day you just calories in calories out what do you think about that
1: i think it's partially true look at the end of the day it's it's how many calories you're expending versus the amount of calories that you're bringing in. Now, there is a difference between nutrient timing, what you eat, and when you eat it. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's as simple as just eating, you know, whatever your caloric requirement is for the day. Let's say that it's, you know, 3,200 calories for the day is your caloric requirement, including all your activity based on your body weight, you know, your BMR, et cetera. If you just ate fat all day, do I think that's the best approach? Well, it's going to really depend on your goal and that's that's where we get into things like ketogenic dieting, low, you know, low carb dieting or are you trying to build muscle. So, it again it goes back to what your overall goal is and even within losing weight there's multiple categories of that. Mm-hmm. If your goal was, you said, "Hey, I don't care about being in the gym, you know, I don't care about building muscle, I don't care about being strong. I just want to lose fat really fast." then a lot of these programs where your caloric intake is really just based off of fat and protein, but primarily fat, like in a ketogenic diet, yeah, it's effective. Do I think it's the best when you're trying to you know, maintain lean muscle or performance? No, I don't. So, it really has got to just be more specific. It's got to come down to what your personal goal is, right. and you know, there's no one-size-fits-all approach for everybody, and there's definitely not just one diet that fits everybody. So you, you got to first ask that question, you know, what do I what do I want to accomplish? Like for me, doing a ketogenic diet isn't for me. I've done it before. I've tried it out. And again, if you just want to lose weight rapidly, just body fat rapidly, it'll definitely work. Yep. If you want to maintain some strength and some muscle size and muscle fullness in the gym, it's not very good for that. I mean, ask any bodybuilder when he goes through a low carb phase, what happens to his body? So he's, he's cutting the carbs, he's trying to go ahead, and he's trying to lean out in phases, alternating through carb cycling or whatever his program is. The first thing he'll tell you is that he feels weak, his muscles feel flat, and they are flat because when you consume carbohydrates, your body turns the carbohydrates into glucose, your body stores that glucose in the form of glycogen in your muscle. Now that holds three times its weight in water. It attracts right. all this water and it right, pulls right. it into the muscle, and that's what gives your muscle that fullness. Your muscle is really it's it's protein, but it's also it's it's water basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need that to have nice full muscles. And so when you drop your carbohydrates, you know, and that's why everyone says, "Hey, low carb diets work." I've I've been on it for four days and I've dropped you know ten pounds. Well, you dropped ten pounds of water. You didn't drop any fat those first couple of days but that's because you've dropped all those glycogen stores and your body has shed out all that water. So
0: asking about so stay on topic with the low carb low carb dieting. One thing I'm wondering is carb diet all year long or almost all their entire life. Could could they have an, a low carb diet lifestyle? Could someone maintain that or would you not even recommend that? This is just me, I don't even know, you know.
1: Look, I, you know, these are these are pretty hot topics. People love to debate this stuff. So uh, screw it, all this technology. Yeah, we're going to shake it up, is. man. Uh, one, I would say it depends on the person, it depends on your level of discipline. Low carb dieting, ketogenic dieting is not easy. And I've known people that have maintained it for a long period of time. And people say, oh, you know, ketogenic diet is definitely sustainable. I've been doing it for two years. And I say, all right, well, we'll see how long it lasts. It's like, you know, being a vegan. Trust me, growing up in Northern California, you know, friends, family, I've watched them all go through phases of being a vegetarian. And sooner or later, they all go back to eating red meat.
0: What was it? it? Um, There's a statistic about 35% of vegans eat meat when they get drunk or something. Is that what it is? (laughs) Yeah, it's something ridiculously funny.
1: We had one BPI athlete. We won't name his name. So he was a known vegetarian. Oh, world famous vegetarian. Vegetarian. And uh, flew him out here and put him up in a hotel and when we got all his bills after when he went ahead and submitted his receipts for his expenses, there was cheeseburgers and double ribs. cheeseburgers and, yeah. yeah,
0: the dude. Was, yeah, so was, uh,
1: look, you know, I, I had uh, one of my brother's friends, I think he went almost twenty years being a vegetarian. And he said he walked into a restaurant one day and someone had ordered a steak and the waiter walked right past him and he said he could smell it. It was almost like <laughs> a you know, it's kinda of like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. He could almost see the aroma in the air. Right. And I uh, you know said, "Screw it, ordered it, took one bite of it, and said, "What have I been doing for 20 years?"
0: <sighs> is-
1: but anyway, it's it, it just goes back to sustainability. I'm a big believer in sustainability. It's, it's like anything else in life, the more extreme something is, the harder it is to maintain. Right. I'm not about the roller coaster ride anymore, you know the ups and the downs and you see that a lot in the bodybuilding world of this extreme, you know, dieting to get super conditioned, right? You know, get your skin paper thin where you can see every little, you know, muscle fiber. And, and that's vein. all
0: nutrition. I mean, there's no.
1: It's, it's it's nutrition and it's still, you know, it's not the training itself because most bodybuilders will tell you that their training doesn't really change. Their cardio changes and their nutrition changes. Right, right. You know, there's no such thing as changing the way you you. Do your weight training for a diet, you can based on your energy levels. Now it that doesn't change. But at the end of the day, you know, my thing is I just didn't want to have these highs and lows anymore. So going from this crazy dieting to then the subsequent rebound, which is what happens. And you see it in bodybuilding and fitness all the time. You'll see someone that looks just crazy, crazy ripped, and then you'll see them a month later and they've just ballooned out. And you say, What happened? But it's because their diet was so extreme and they just like really...
0: The bounce back just didn't stick.
1: Yeah, because all they can think about is those last four weeks is what, they, what, they're, what they've been missing out on and what they wanna eat. And so that rebound is terrible and then it's hard for them to get back and so it goes from this high to this low and this high and this low. So for me, I just decided a long time ago that I was tired of that. I didn't want to go half the year looking like crap and feeling like crap because that's not the point. I'm not about competing anymore. So it's not about just, you know, this five seconds on stage. It's how do I look and how do I feel all the time? So I knew that I had to find something that was more balanced and more sustainable. So I look at a lot of these programs out there that may get good results, but they're not sustainable. So it really, but again, comes back to your goals because someone might tell you, hey, I just want to lose 10 pounds for this vacation. I'm I'm going to the beach. I just want to look good for a week and after that I don't give a crap right, again. Right. And you know what? Hey, if that's what they want to do then then cool. Then go ahead and do the extreme diet and diet your ass off for 6-8 weeks to look good on your vacation to turn around and drink, you know, 50 margaritas a day and you're going to go back and that's cool, you know. It just it depends on what your goal is. So right. If your goal is like mine and you just want to look good all the time, you're gonna find something that's more balanced, more sustainable. If it's for a competition, a short period of time, then yeah, go for you gotta go for an extreme approach because that's the only way you get extreme results.
0: How would your how would you classify or label your approach to how you take care of your nutrition now? Is it a low carb? Is it just very even? I wouldn't even know what to call it. Like what do you typically like let's talk about a day of eating for you? Because I Mm -hmm. think that was one of your most popular videos. On you know, because everybody knows you had advanced training techniques and all that stuff, but you actually have a very popular n- nutrition video where you kind of broke down, hey, everything, everything I'm doing as far as food goes. But let's go through like a typical day of uh, how you would eat, like breakfast and stuff.
1: Uh, look, right now, I mean, in all transparency, right now I'm definitely not on my game. Uh, we all have periods where where everything's clicking and. You know, we've got a really clear goal and everything's falling into place and you hold yourself accountable and then you have periods where you're not. Right now is definitely one of those, like my slump. Uh, matter of fact, someone in a video the other day commented, hey, what happened to James? You know, basically that looked terrible now uh, compared to, you know, years past or months past. And I think
0: I'd, you read too much into that, though.
1: No, but I mean, I just said, hey, life happens, you right, know, right, everything right. from. You know, it started with the holidays and uh, traveling and, you know, my father passing away and, you know, just stuff that we all have to deal with. And when it comes to like balancing all these priorities, like we talked about in the past, there's sometimes where you just go through a period where it's just not as high of a priority and, and other things take a precedence to it. So,
0: But even th- with that, I don't think you've, you know, when you say, you know, I'm kind of not on right now, but even you being off, I think that's what Where most people how most well, people Well cuz I d- I
1: just don't let myself go too far. I, you know, it's it's like we talked about the other day, you know, when you trip, we all trip and you know, stumble, but how far do you let yourself fall? So I just don't let myself fall very far. So I still wake up in the morning and I'll still most of the time have egg whites in the morning. I as far as a carb source in the morning, I know a lot of people get really locked into oatmeal. That gets that gets a little monotonous. I mean, even eating egg whites every day gets monotonous. But uh, you know, carb source. I'm I'm up early, so I like convenient. Uh, so a lot of times I'll just get a, a bagel, throw that in the the toaster, eat it plain. I don't put anything on. There's mm-hmm. no peanut butter or anything like that. But it's just a plain bagel and wow. uh, egg whites
0: in the morning. I don't know when the last time I've eaten a plain bagel was. It's gotta have uh, something.
1: If you, you get, you got to get the right bagel. Like lenders, lenders bagels yeah. to me are the only ones that I'll eat. My wife, and nickel some. buys, she'll buy some other brands sometimes. And I'm like, oh, what, what is this? Uh, they just have that right texture. They, they're still like nice and soft, kind of doughy on the yeah, inside.
0: And, easier to eat.
1: Yeah. So uh, even when I'm off, I still try to, you know stay stay the course to a degree I you know lunchtime the difference between being on my game and off my game I've got you know my lunch over here it's uh chicken teriyaki so it's white rice it's chicken breast but it's got some teriyaki sauce on it and right now I don't care I don't care I'm gonna eat that teriyaki sauce I'm gonna love every bit of it you know I don't have a photo shoot right now I'm you know I'm not going on vacation so do I have ripped abs right now no do I have a lot of excess body? You know, so the, I've got a range point, point when I fall too far, then I reach that point where I say, okay, let's pick it back up a little bit. Time to reel it back in. And Whitney and I had that conversation uh, last week when you weren't here. Whitney, Whitney and I were having that same conversation, and I asked him, like, you know, what kind of keeps you, you know, how do you reel yourself back in? And it really is that point where you, you become kind of disgusted with yourself.
0: Yeah, he was saying, I mean, I was listening to it in the airport and, you know, but but like you guys were saying, like, there's no way Whitney would have fell off that much with the injury, having the kid moving. I mean, he had a lot of things if Whitney was by himself kind of doing that thing.
1: So so here's my trick for myself. It's not about falling off the wagon so bad that I look in the mirror and say, holy crap. Although that, that's, that happens to me. And, you know, usually it's not look in the mirror. Usually I kind of like, you know, I start pinching, you know, myself you and
0: fold a certain way. And you're like, Oh God, I just folded. You yeah. Know, or, folding.
1: you know, you're driving in the car and you, you feel like kind of the skin folding <laughs> over, but there's little things, but it's for me, there's something that's stronger than that. And that is that fitness is my foundation. And we've talked about that before. That is the foundation it's of, one my, of your centers. It is and it's the foundation of my discipline in general. And so when I feel like I'm drifting too far in that, I feel like everything else starts mm-hmm. to unravel. So that's always like when I it's time to get back on track. That's when, your
0: gauge to see where you are, you know, discipline wise and in general, because that.
1: if I'm off my game, if I'm at that point where I just I don't have it, you know, like mentally and emotionally, I just don't have it. I see it first there. I see it in the gym and I see it with my eating and that's my gauge, right? And so I know that I'm starting to slip, that my motivation is not there, that I'm just kind of being complacent a little bit. And so catching myself there helps keep me on track with everything else. Right.
0: I mean, that's good. So when you're here, let's talk about because – You know, you work a lot. So when you get here, after you kind of handle your breakfast, what do you, how how do you eat here? Do you usually prepare something? Usually go grab something. You say you have like chicken, chicken teriyaki now. Mm. That'll be one lunch. Will you eat again while you're at work?
1: So I I would compare you know, compare and contrast to when I'm on my game versus just like normal. Right, right. So right now, like a normal routine would be right now I'm not getting enough calories. I'll tell you flat out. You know, and so when I get really busy and stressed and just off my game, that's what happens to me. I start losing weight, but not in a good way. I start losing muscle.
0: It's that stress shred.
1: But it's not even a shred because I don't, it's not like I get super ripped. I just start to feel flat and weak. And so I start to lose lean muscle mass. So, but the difference is right now I'll get up, I'll have my egg whites. And then I'll have a shake, usually just one scoop of uh best protein so i get about 30 grams of protein right there just mix it in some water and right. i'll throw that down and then i'll have a late lunch and that's the chicken teriyaki so one chicken breast with some rice and then if if i'm really like trying to keep it together maybe later on i'll have another scoop of protein right. and then dinner when i come home and nick's already got dinner i try to eat dinner as early as possible so usually we eat about seven I don't believe in eating late.
0: You don't eat after after seven. That's your last. Your last meal is seven thirty ish.
1: Well, lately I've been eating sugar free popsicles at like nine thirty night. <laughs> she buys them for the kids. And yeah, they're already gone. They taste awesome, you know. So, but uh, no, normally I try to to not eat later. But if I'm on my game, if I'm you know like really all about my nutrition, trying to get the calories I need to go ahead and put a few more pounds back on, then I'll go ahead and have another shake at night, later okay. after dinner, before I go to bed but uh so no meal prep right now there's no tupperware in my life there's no six-pack bag in my life i uh, when i'm on my game then i will have to go ahead and meal prep i don't like calling it meal prep because it just you know there's no room in my life for sitting there making a bunch of meals so what a nick will do is she'll just make extra of whatever we have for dinner and then take it for lunch it's called leftovers right It's called leftovers, not meal prep. And I throw it in some Tupperware.
0: I think for most people, though, like, let's talk about meal prep for a second. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a positive thing because it gives you that, you know, you're just trying to set some kind of routine at least. And you can kind of see, you know, your whole week's goals and everything when you when you set it. Yeah.
1: No, your arm. What about it? And he keeps trying to adjust the camera because you're you're big fat hand is always in front of the
0: muscular hand. Sorry guys. Sorry about the gains. No. Um, you're talking about meal prep, but yeah. So, so with meal prep, I think it's a positive thing. Like with me, I consider myself, you know, three and a half star chef. So I like to cook my food more fresh, but I do see the people that meal prep do stick to it a little bit better, do stick to it a little bit longer because now you're committed to it a little bit more. You bottled the Tupperware, you shared it on Instagram. So, you know, you got to follow through with it at least for that week. You know, but, uh, I think meal here's, here, a positive thing. here's
1: how I feel about meal prep. Well, first of all, meal prep didn't, no one had that conversation years ago. It was just doing whatever you need to do. It's, it's planning to succeed. It's that old saying, okay. if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yep. So you have to go ahead and make sure that you've got the right things to eat and that it's convenient because if you don't, then you're going to eat whatever is available, whatever's convenient when you're hungry. I... Uh, the problem with meal prep is that it's not always sustainable. It, it gets tiresome. It really wears you out. And now a lot of people these days, because there's so many meal prep services, are ordering their meals and having them delivered, which is cool. but it's not cost-effective either. Right. Your average person, when they do the math on that, of paying whatever it is, 10 to 12 bucks a meal times, you know, however meal, many meals a day. I it's mean, like
0: three meals a day, five days a week.
1: Well, look. You know, if you're really training hard, you've got you're eating six times a day. Some of those maybe shakes, et cetera. But you're eating six times a day, so maybe if three of those meals are meal prepped that you bought, that gets expensive quick for your average person. So, you know, that's that's not realistic. That's matter of fact. One of the biggest debates that I see is, hey, what's what's a, a more realistic, affordable way? Like, what's a budget way to meal prep? And that's what I tell people is, you know, just whatever you're cooking for dinner. If you're cooking Chicken breast, throw a couple extra on the grill. If you're cooking rice, cook a little bit extra. And then after dinner you go ahead and you take it and you load it in, in Tupperware and that's your meal prep and that's sustainable. Because you gotta cook dinner anyway. It doesn't really take much more. Meal prep becomes really low on your priority list. So do I think that it's you know, it's helpful? Hundred percent. But is it always sustainable over a long period of time? Yeah, if you do it right. And that's why I was kind of joking the difference between meal prep versus leftovers right, right. just really depends on how you do it.
0: So speaking of that, I think, uh, you know, when people hear the word carbs, some people, you know, I think the more educated people would be like, you know, OK, I know what carbs. Are. And some people like me who don't really know that much think carbs is like a bad thing. Yeah, I'm thinking, no, stay away from carbs. If I cut the carbs then then I'm good to go. Can you give me some examples of the, the best and worst kinds of carbs one could take?
1: What's interesting, first got to go back and we got to look at carbs. Carbs have been demonized over the past. I mean, look, I remember you'd have to go back into the late 90s when Atkins diets and low-carb diets started becoming big, especially even in – you saw it in the supplement industry too. Before protein powders were big, there was a, a period in the mid-90s where everything was MRPs, meal replacement powders, which you're seeing come back in fashion now. And what it was was, you know, for and they were in the little packets, so instead of a tub, but every packet would have whatever was, 25 grams of protein and 12 grams of carbs. It would have a little bit of good fats in there, and then it would have some, you know, vitamins and minerals in there right. as well. You're seeing that come back now. All these, like, you know, like meals, you know, whatever, you know, there's clean meals. I've, I've heard all kinds of different yeah, names yeah. for some it's of these products. Over. So it's coming back right now. I, but what started happening was low carb happened and everyone got afraid of carbs. Everyone like carbs are bad, carbs are bad. That's what's ruining America. It's making us all fat. Carbs are bad. So everything started going low carb. So all these meal replacements started going low carb. Well, once you got into two or three grams of carbs in a meal replacement, now it's not a meal replacement anymore. Now it's a protein shake. (laughs) And so meal replacements literally disappeared and everyone said why are we even making these anymore let's just make protein powders right. so you know now for over a decade it's been all about protein powders and now people are starting to realize hey you know let's go back to a more balanced approach that not everything's low carb but the problem is people have been conditioned for a long time since the light, late 90s it was first it was Atkins now everyone's all hot on keto and there's nothing wrong with them. For some people, they work really well, right. but it doesn't mean that carbs are evil and that carbs are bad for you. It just really, again, goes back to what your goals are. If your goal is to be a bodybuilder or just to put on muscle, you need carbs. I don't care what anyone says. I've seen some guys out there you know, that said, hey, I did it. I was on a keto diet and I built muscle. Well, the amount of anabolics they were on made up for it. So, I mean, <laughs> let's just be real. Let's cut the shit. So... And even then, it, it really, I think even for that person, it's still, they weren't getting the full benefit of their training sessions. You, carbs play an important part. And going right. back to even what we talked about, what, you know, what makes up a muscle and, and muscle size or that muscle volume. Uh, but same thing from a performance standpoint, your body loves glucose. Period. End of story. It's your body's preferred source of fuel. Right. And is e- it
0: the first source of fuel it goes it's a, pre- to?
1: it's a preferred source of fuel, and even for your brain, your brain takes up something like 200 grams of glucose a day, and it gets preferential treatment, your brain does, because your body can't work if your brain's not working, right? So it gets first dibs on that. Now, your body is gonna produce glucose no matter what. So if you cut off all your carbs, and this is why it proves my point that your body likes you know, glucose, because if you cut off all your carbs and you go into a ketogenic diet, and I don't care how much fat or how many sticks of butter that you eat or put in your coffee, your body's still going to produce glucose. And the way it's going to do it is it's going to break down muscle into amino acids and through glucogenesis. It's
0: going to pull it right
1: out of It's going to turn those amino acids into glucose, right, to fuel your brain and a little bit of your body. So here's the problem. That's called catabolism. That's called being in a catabolic state. You're literally breaking down muscle as a source of fuel. So, and when I went through a ketogenic diet, this is where I started playing around with it. I said, okay, well, how do I do this? How do I do a low-carb diet and not break down muscle when I go out into the gym and train really hard and have, you know, a lot of volume or intensity? So I started supplementing with a lot of amino acids. The problem is, you know, this is with the whole misconception with keto diets, thinking that, you know, being in ketosis is some sort of magical state. (laughs) It's not. Here's what would happen. I would take all, you know, a lot of protein powders and a lot of amino's, BCAs and essential amino acids. Well, th- my body was converting that into glucose, so I was never in ketosis.
0: Yeah, wouldn't that technically knock you out of ketosis? It, it
1: knocks you out of ketosis. So, anything that you're doing to preserve that lean muscle. Right. It makes it a, it makes it a challenge. So, yeah. look, being being in ketosis, here's Here's where the magic happens here's why people are chasing ketosis because at that point your body makes an adaptation and it starts converting fat into ketones and the reason is because your brain can work off of glucose and also ketones so your body is going to start producing ketones out of that fat and that's why a lot of people do it and that's the only real benefit of it compared to low carb low carb versus you know a keto diet, being in ketosis, you're not going to lose more fat being on a ketogenic diet than you are a low-carb diet, but in this state, it's a little more sustainable and you can go ahead and fuel your brain because, you know, on a low-carb diet, you feel terrible. Right. right. You feel this mental fog, you can't yeah, think. keto flu. Yeah, you can't think straight. So that's the advantage of being in ketosis, but now there's so many exogenous BHB- uh, products out there, which is beta hydroxybutyrate, like we have in keto aminos and some of our other keto products, you can take those and get the benefits of being in ketosis because it is a ketone. So it's going to help you fuel your brain during those periods of low right. low carb, without being in ketosis. So you don't these days you don't have to be in ketosis to get that benefit. You can do a regular low carb diet.
0: Even a, um, you know our resident expert, Doctor Brett Osborne. You know, he's done this whole series of of keto thing. And when he puts his clients on things, he doesn't even put them on a full ketogenic. What he calls it is a modified keto because it's extreme at certain points.
1: His whole thing is because whether your goal is to build muscle or not, at the end of the day, lean muscle is your metabolic engine. That's what's going to burn calories. So if you go full ketogenic diet and you start losing lean muscle – well, then you're losing the ability to burn calories as efficiently. So you want to maintain, or if possible, even build lean muscle. And that's going to help you get in shape. That's why you used to look at like the 80s. Women would do just cardio and cardio and cardio and cardio and cardio, trying to get in good shape, but they'd never lift weights. So they were kind of, kind of squishy. Kidding, yeah. They, yeah. Were, they weren't hard. They weren't hard, but it was harder for them to burn calories. Then all of a sudden people started coming and saying, no, you've got to build lean muscle too. You've got to lift weights and that's going to help you get leaner, even if your goal isn't to build muscle. Right. So that's the importance of it. So that's why he still keeps some carbs in there and that's where the timing comes in. So what he'll do, because he still tries to keep them near a ketogenic state, right, right, he'll bring in a little bit of carbs before their workout and mm. just a tiny bit of carbs after their workout and that's how he mitigates that.
0: Let me ask you. So we do have a line of ketogenic products. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. Everybody loves them. Yep. I don't know too much about them. Well, I do know a couple of. But I know everybody loves Best Pre. Mm-hmm. They're not on ketogenic diet, but half of the office uses it as their pre workout here. Mm. Why is that? What is
1: what is? Well, a couple of reasons. One, it's got a it, just the energy blend in it is real nice. It's not too strong. Right. It's just strong enough. You go in the gym, you get a great workout. But it's it's got the BHB. Uh, in there as well which a lot of the people in the office even though they don't do keto, a lot of the people when they're trying to get in shape, whether they're doing a show or just trying to stay lean usually do some sort of carb cycling program whether it's short term or even long term like when I'm on my game, I'll do carb cycling over a long period of time and so that really helps with those low carb periods, it combats that you know, that low carb flu that you're talking about where you feel lethargic and tired I think that was the
0: first series we did on your YouTube remember that First one, it was four or five episodes, and it was our low carb, where you literally tested it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it might have been the keto, the keto one. I don't know if you went full keto. I think I went
1: went full keto for a period. I was even doing, you know, keto sticks. You know, that's right. Peeing on those every day, and yeah, and it was interesting because started talking about it, and people are really defensive about it, especially people that are full keto. And I get it when you invest that amount of time and energy and you commit to something and you buy into something, the last thing that you want to hear someone do is knock it down and try to tear it apart. Uh, you know, That's why I kind of say that, hey, at the end of the day, I'm not going to knock it. I'm just going to say that you have to be really specific about what your goal is. And it's just like anything else in life. Uh, you know, If, if you say you, you want to race a NASCAR, you're not going to take a high Hyundai to the track. doesn't mean a Hyundai is a bad car. Gets great gas mileage. It's a great commuter, right? It serves a purpose. So it just depends on what your goal is.
0: I'd also like to talk about another product that we have that everybody loves, especially, I mean, they've coined it as the the official uh, supplement of facet cardio. Mm -hmm. I want to know why. Keto aminos. Mm -hmm. It's probably one of our top-selling keto products at Vitamin Shop, Amazon, on our store. Why do you like keto? I mean, I know that I know you also use keto aminos. What are, what are some of the benefits of that, especially for like a fasted cardio state?
1: So first I'll tell you what it is. So basically it's essential amino acids and it's got the BHB salts in there as well as some electrolytes. The electrolytes are important because when you do low carb, like I talked about, you end up dropping a lot of water fast, really fast. Right. So you lose that muscle glycogen. You lose all the water stored with it so you end up you know losing a lot of water weight in a short period of time and what ends up happening you also flush out a lot of your minerals so your electrolytes and that's part of what makes you feel so bad so one if you're on low carb you got to drink lots of fluids lots and lots of fluids i even think from a theoretical standpoint i've debated this with dr osborne i asked him about creatine to go ahead and maintain some of that cell volume, you know, keep some of that water weight. What did he say? He actually agreed with it. You know, theoretically, there's there's not a lot of research out there that substantiates it, but from, uh, you know, just in theory, it actually, it right. makes sense. I So when I'm doing low carb, I'm hitting the creatine, but the big thing about fasted cardio is you're doing it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. That's what fasted cardio is. So the last thing that you want to do is you want to, you know, burn muscle. So the theory is that if you're coming in first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, you're in a semi-fasted state because let's say you ate dinner at 7 o'clock at night, and you're doing cardio at 7 o'clock in the morning, that's 12 hours without eating. So that's a semi-fasted state, right? So the theory is that you're going to burn more fat as a source of fuel by doing it first thing in the morning. So by taking the amino acids, you're not truly in a fasted state anymore because you are providing your body with a source of fuel in the form of amino acids. But at least you're giving your body that source of aminos to burn as fuel that it's
0: craving instead
1: of it breaking down muscle as a source of fuel. So a lot of people, when they're doing fasted cardio, will take BCAs or different amino acids or even a protein shake. Sometimes first thing in the morning before doing their their cardio, the important thing is just not having carbs first thing, because otherwise your body's just going to really, you know, break, you know, break that down in glucose, use that as a source of fuel. And then you're, you know, theoretically, because it likes glucose as its source of fuel, it's not going to really want to burn fat as source of fuel. Like getting your body to cooperate and use fat as a source of fuel is not as easy as you think. Yeah, it's it just it just not. I mean, I think
0: you, if everybody if everybody could, they would. I think yeah, that's your body body doesn't cooperate. It's not that easy. Right. Um, kind of getting into more of. A, More Back to the food stuff. All right. So let's say I'm not going to be – I take your advice on whole foods and all that stuff, but still I'm going to be kind of lazy and whatever, and I'm still going to pick stuff off the shelf to see if I can eat. Maybe help me out with this. What should I be looking for on a label, (laughs) those certain things that I should be looking for and avoiding on, like, a label of just random food I could pick from, you know?
1: Look, there's – how about this? I can tell you the things to try to avoid – or the things that I try to avoid. I really do believe in you know whole food sources. So I used to have this general rule that if there were more than five ingredients on my plate in total, then I wouldn't eat it. So when you look at a lot of things, like look at bread, how many ingredients does bread have? right? right. So that just means that it's really processed. So I try to avoid processed foods as much as possible. And I really do think that's a big problem. If you ate just healthy, And I'm not even saying organic, although if you can eat organic and you can afford to eat organic or you got a garden in the backyard, do it. Do it. I mean, look, at the end of the day, the cleaner the source of fuel is that you're putting into your body, the better it is for you. Yeah,
0: you're burning clean fuel.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, none of us want a bunch of pesticides and, you know, but... That's a separate conversation. I'm just talking about whether it's whole food or not. So I try to stick to, you know, single ingredient foods. Chicken. That's one ingredient, right? Rice, broccoli. You know, there I got three Three ingredients on my plate. Now, it gets a little complicated, you know, if you want to add a little variety to it. So, my lunch today, it's got teriyaki sauce. Yeah. I don't know how many ingredients in teriyaki right, sauce. Right. And it's, it's got a lot of sugar and preservatives and all that crap. But on
0: your best, most disciplined days, you would not have the sauce on there.
1: And that's that's the biggest difference. So, when I'm on my game versus off my game, it comes down to that little stuff. Uh, you know, for example, when I'm on my game, I'm not consuming, I'm not eating cereal with milk right now. Yeah. Sunday morning, big bowl of cereal, absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. What's your
0: cereal of choice?
1: I have no preference. I'll, I'm an equal opportunity cereal killer. Yeah,
0: cereal killer. There yeah. we go. Hashtag serial killer. If you guys have your favorite cereal, make sure you comment below. Maybe James will try it. Um, as a kid, we, I remember, you know it's funny? You know who cereal is bad Although for Although I do you. like honeycombs. Honeycombs? When, when we were kids, we used to have these several cereals that, No, these kids nowadays they they don't you can't even find it because they were so bad for you remember smacks yeah with the little frog on there it was just little sugar bombs i don't even know how they gave that to us all those
1: all those fruit loops all that i mean it's pure sugar the funny thing is cereal is really deceptive you can eat a cereal that looks really healthy and you look at the ingredients you look at the front of the box and you think there's no way that this has more sugar than fruit loops you'd be surprised most time they do and then things that you think are really healthy like granola granola is worse because not only does it have all the sugar but it has all the fat too and that's one of my general rules like if you want to know what kind of like some of my guidelines are it really boils down to that simple one if I'm gonna have fat then I don't have a lot of carbs if I'm gonna have carbs I don't have fat because at the end of the day when you consume carbs your body deals with the blood sugar levels by raising your insulin levels and insulin in the most simple terms is a storage hormone So if I'm raising my insulin levels because I'm consuming all these carbs, especially simple carbs, you know, sugars, they're gonna spike my insulin levels really fast. And I'm gonna consume dietary fats at the same time, the chances of my body storing that as fat are very, very high. Yeah. So that's my general rule. If I'm gonna have fats, no carbs, and vice versa. So when I'm carb cycling, on those days where I'm really low carb, I'll bring a little bit of good fats in there. I'll bring in, you know, especially things that I like you know, to kill that edge. I love peanut butter. You know, you gotta keep it in check. I see people go crazy, they think peanut butter is
0: good for they them. eat it off like an ice cream cone off the spoon, you know?
1: I mean, look, fat is, it's, you know, it's it's dense in calories. There's a reason why when people are taking things, you know, for backpacking, they're looking for things that are, you know, by weight, that they, they have a lot of calories. And trail mix, because of all the nuts in it, and the fats, it's calorically dense. So you got to be careful with that. I mean, right. you know, people think almonds are healthy. All these, you know, fitness competitors and bodybuilders are like, oh, almonds, almonds, almonds. No, a serving size fits right in the palm of your it's hand. Like it's small, five or ten. But these people will eat handfuls of this stuff. Dude, so, they're popping it, yep. so you got to be careful. Things that you think are healthy sometimes are the worst offenders. And because you think it's healthy, you eat more of it.
0: Um, what are some of the other things? I like this. What are some of the other things I should avoid? So, okay, no bread. Um, here are a couple of things that I've cut out, and I don't really have a problem with I'm, creating these. And I'm,
1: and I'm not saying no break because I just told you that I have a bagel first thing right, in the morning. right,
0: right. But at your most ins- discipline, let's say my would- most
1: disciplined? no, I'm not having a bagel in the morning. But even then, at my most disciplined, I could still get results by having a bagel first thing in the morning, as long as I'm not doing fasted cardio. Right. Right. And again, then it goes back to timing. If I just finish a, a hard workout and I've depleted my glycogen stores then yeah, I'm gonna look for, all kinds of carbohydrate sources are gonna have a different effect. A lot of people have almost a straight simple sugar right after their workout. Right. Your body's gonna go ahead and convert that right away and you know, re, you know know replenish your glycogen stores. So timing does play a factor. So if I'm gonna have carbs, here's my general rule, without being overly scientific about it, if I'm gonna have a lot of carbs, I'm either gonna have them first thing in the morning when I've just gone 12 hours without eating, or I'm going to have them right after my workout and I'm going to replenish my glycogen stores. Those are my two opportunities where I'll bring in more of my simple carbohydrates.
0: Instead of talking about, so that's awesome, post-workout. Can you give me an idea of a great pre-workout meal? Let's say I'm going to go in and we'll make it a tough day. We're going to do leg day. Mm-hmm. What's the perfect from for me to go in there for 45 minutes and not feel like absolute shit? What's the perfect meal for someone like First that? First of all,
1: don't eat you know, too close to your workout. Uh, I mean, look, no one wants to go and do a heavy leg day with a full belly. Right. I mean, right off the bat, it just makes you sluggish. Uh, And it's not going to benefit you anyway. Your body's got to be able to digest this stuff, break it down. Uh, So you'd
0: say maybe an hour before or maybe two hours before? Here's the
1: honest truth. I've never, ever factored that into my nutrition. Never said, okay, what's, what's that perfect meal that I need to have before my weight training session? Because I'm not looking at it on a granular level like that from hour to hour. I'm looking at it, what am I eating over a period of time? Even with carbohydrates, because what I eat the day before is gonna affect me the next day. So I'm looking at it more at that level. And again, this is for sustainability. But it's also, when it comes to real world results, it's the same thing that I'll tell you with timing of supplements. I've never noticed this big difference between taking my creatine before my workout or after my workout or first thing in the morning. I'm just going to tell you pick one time a day to take it every day so you don't forget because timing is important for the sake of it being routine so you always remember. So you don't go a day where you forget and a day you remember. But as far as you know the timing of it, I never notice a difference. The only one that I am particular about from a timing perspective is I will take my BCAs before during and after my workout We're gonna I'm get into we're gonna get into
0: supplementation that. in a second because like when we talk we call this the nutrition episode and I've learned here nutrition and supplementation are not different it's a part of your it is in that sense but whenever we talk about it whenever mm. we meant do videos or something we usually include it in the same thing because they go hand in hand mm-hmm. um, Somebody over here is asking a couple questions here um, do you eat protein fats and carbohydrates in every meal?
1: Uh, Different ratios and like I was saying earlier that if I'm gonna have a more carbohydrate-rich meal then I try to keep the fats really low but you're always gonna get some sort of fats even if you're eating chicken breast. there's still fats in there even the you know most protein powders still have a tiny bit of fat in there so there's always gonna be a little bit of each but it really just comes down to what the what that meal is predominantly so if it's predominantly carbohydrates then fats are low so it's always mainly protein and carbs or protein and fats. That's how I shape my meals. And then so if I've got a lot of fats in that meal, then I keep the carbs low. If it's a lot of carbs, I keep the fats low.
0: Before we proceed to more talking about a little bit more about supplementation, I want to bring up James Grage. Boom. Get a close up on that Anthony if you can. No? All right. The new cover of Inside Fitness. This is some you did something completely new. I think it came out awesome. Uh give us a little let's give a little plug for this. It's out right now.
1: It's out on Newsstand. So this is in, uh, it's, uh, in Canada. It's in South Africa, Australia. I don't think it'll hit Australia and South Africa for a little bit. They're usually about 30 days behind what's on Newsstand in Canada. But uh, that, was, that was fun, and it started right here with this podcast. Whitney and I talked about it last week a little bit, that I was just looking for a new goal. And, you know, we talk about being on point and off. Giving yourself a reason to to do it. So that's the thing. Like right now I'm looking for a new goal. And so that's why I'm kind of, you know, slacking just a little bit. So I found myself in the same spot, whatever that was. was, I want to say probably about uh, September-ish and uh, maybe a little bit later October because we shot that in December. And so I think I went ahead and had about eight weeks to get ready for it.
0: Well, we started this about five months ago, so probably one of the first episodes that he the,
1: It was one of the first episodes we did on the podcast, so I was sitting here talking about it. Terry Frendo, who owns the magazine, he was watching or listening to the podcast and said, Hey, I heard you're looking for a motivation. Here's here's something. Why don't you, you, know, why don't you do a cover? And... Uh, And again, Whitney and I talked about this in last week's episode, but I didn't want to approach it the same way. I didn't want to just do the typical, you know, diet, you know, my regular, my go-to. It says beach body band workout. Yeah. So so there was no gym. I trained only with bands for months and months. And with the nutrition, I didn't do the normal extreme, like the carb cycling or any of that It was more of like a normal, my normal everyday diet. The one thing I did do is made sure that I was eating enough. Uh, That's where, like I said, I'm falling short now is not eating enough calories. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just being structured with my meals in the sense of being, you know, eating at the same time each day. But I didn't do anything crazy. Like I lived my life there. And I just want to show people that you can get in great shape without training like a bodybuilder. Now the difference in conditioning like that was in all here hand me the magazine like in all again transparency this shot looks great right here abs are kind of popping but i also have my arms over my head which does make a difference the other shots that we got that day i don't look as lean there so was i as lean as i was in past photo shoots no I wasn't because for me to get leaner than this, I have to step it up to that next level. I have to do more cardio. I have to really, you know, wrench down yeah, on the nutrition. Yeah. So this was more like, you know, the whole beach body thing was because one, we actually shot it on the beach. I'd been training on the, on the beach.
0: Yeah, we worked out. Our bands work out. we literally on the beach in Hollywood here.
1: But it was also more than that. It was saying, hey, you know, there's a lot of people that don't ever care about stepping on stage and they don't want to be just ripped and shredded they just want to be in good shape so when they go to the beach or go on vacation they take off their shirt and they feel really good about themselves and abs are the you didn't hate ramen. yourself
0: preparing for that
1: no i wasn't hating myself or hating life I, I wasn't running around saying oh god this sucked there was no rebound from it because it was just kind of my normal routine right. just just turned up a, a notch right which if anyone's getting wants to get in shape for something they're willing to turn it up a notch yeah. but i don't think Everyone wants to kill themselves to get in shape.
0: Um, Even so, probably a good transition now into, well, before we do that, let's also talk about this big event coming up at the beginning of April here, Mm -hmm. FitCon. Mm -hmm. Very excited about this. This is something a lot different than like an Arnold Sports Fest or uh, Olympia. Mm -hmm. This, we kind of picked and chose this one for what we've been doing for the year. It kind of complements Everything we've been doing on this podcast, kind of throughout the company as well. I think it was just a natural fit for us. So we'll be at the fit, we'll be at FitCon April 6th and 7th. BPI Sports will be representing uh, four time Mr. Olympia, three time Arnold champion. Jay said he actually hates it when nobody mentions three time. Does he really? Arnold Champion. Yeah, because when we talked about it here, he's like, you know, I'm kind of bothered that nobody says because he's the only one that's won it three times in a row. And I was actually watching yesterday's episode, this year's thing, and they were showing all the, all the Arnold winners. Past and, winners. Yeah. And it was Jay. It was 2003, 2004, or 2002, three, and four was Jay. And he's very proud of that. So three-time Mr. It should be. Th- three-time Arnold winner, Jay Cutler, will be um, with you mm-hmm. one of the days on Saturday, April 7th at 2.45, I believe, or... Is that the 245? No, No, it might be the 11 a.m. one.
1: That one's 11 a.m. Saturday, I want to say. And then uh, 2.30 on Mm -hmm. Friday is the one that I'm doing by myself. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I would just tell people that if you're going to be there at FitCon or you're thinking about going there... One, get your expo pass. So we're selling the expo pass on BPI sports. We arranged to get a special discount. So they gave us, hooked us up with that. So we're able to pass that discount on to everyone. So you can buy a whole weekend pass and get $50 Yeah, off. I already have
0: all my friends from the West Coast. I already sent them the, the coupon. It's bpisports.com slash fitcon. Yep. You can go get a sick discount. So I'll have all my buddies there. Plus, with-
1: plus we've got the, uh, the swag bag, you know, first 50 people to it's it's not just first 50 people to sign up because we've had way more than that sign up it's i think it was how do you, how do you guys work is first 50 people to sign up and then whoever shows up to the yep. to the show first yep. to the pick each up their get, bag. the bags
0: get the up you got to so it's don't, first don't, come first serve.
1: don't don't show up late so show up on time get your bag but uh no I'm excited about that I think that's going to be fun it's doing the same thing that we're doing here just talking about what it takes to to be successful and reach your goals and I'll be sharing some some stories on the 15 minute one, some personal stories, uh, sharing some of my failures, the things that where I felt I, you know, fell short, some of my own fears and things that I've had to overcome to get where I'm at. And just so people can relate to it, I think that's important if you watch someone go through a transformation from a before to an after, even if it's a physical transformation, like a bodybuilding transformation, you gotta be able to relate to the before. And so although I've experienced a lot of success in my life now, I've also experienced a lot of failures and a lot of, you know, stumbling blocks and adversity. I think we, re-
0: I think we retitled it how to F up and still win. Yeah. This is the new one.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and look, as I told you before, I'm not the guy who knows the perfect way right. to, you know, to reach the goal. Right. But I, I do know how to to pick myself and dust myself off when I do fail and failure happens and you can't avoid it and you can't be afraid of it. Cause it's going to happen. It's just part of life. It just, and it's not life happening to you. It's just life doing life. And, and you got to figure out how to be able to deal with that stuff when it comes along.
0: you know, it's funny. I was listening to it to, to a podcast the other day and they were talking about how, um all these stories of let's say economic you know people that are like success economic success hey here's the three things you need to do all these guys that are like instagram you know whatever they're all writing these stories on on full stomachs what what i mean is yeah none of them none of them are writing this on an empty stomach your story is written on an empty stomach
1: looking you know and there's, there's times where I know a lot of people probably look at my life right now and say, well, you don't remember what it's like. You've already forgotten. And that's not true because we all, it's just, you know, it's that natural cycle of life. You go through periods that are hard and no matter what kind of success you have and what kind of high you think that you're on, you're going to have the lows too. And uh, and so I think it's important to share those moments so people can relate to it and say, okay, he, he has been there before and you know a lot of people that know my background know about the car accident but i'll share some some stuff some stories with that of like when i really hit that low point where i just felt like everything was hopeless you know i just couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel and and how i dealt with that and how it propelled me forward and how i look back at times like that and i don't i don't have these bad memories i feel good about it because i know was such a critical point in my life that it really shaped who i am and it propelled me forward And so that's what I want to share with people is, you know, what that mindset was and, you know, what is that process that I kind of run everything through this filter, so to speak? And how do I take these things that, you know, bum me out and drag me down and make me feel like, you know, there's just no way I can reach that goal. Defeated. Defeated. And how do I spin that around and all of a sudden use that to charge myself up and reach my goals? Because we we've all felt that we've all felt like defeated or we felt like something was just insurmountable. And uh, so yeah, that's what uh, I wanted want to share with people because again, I'm not that guy who can tell you the perfect path. That's not me, but I can definitely share some of my stories and, and the insights, the things that I've learned along the way, and hopefully some people can learn from my mistakes so they don't have to make the same ones.
0: Overall, I think it's just going to be super cool just to go to Utah and just share it with these. Uh, it's not only you know uh, expo goers, but it's a lot of you know gym owners you know, personal trainers. Yep.
1: It's a mix of everything in consumers. Uh, you know, people that just are trying to get in shape and, and I would even encourage people that maybe they look at the thing with Jay and I and say, Hey, well, you know, I'm not interested in being a fitness entrepreneur. I would still encourage you to go because I think there's a lot of things that you can extract from it that you can just apply to your own life. And, and even if you're not, trying to build a brand, or even if you're not trying to be a fitness personality on Instagram, I think that when it comes to like really discovering who you are as a person and what, you know, what gets you going, what gets you up in the morning, what fires you up, I think there's some powerful things that you can extract out of that. So I would encourage everyone to go to that, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. Same thing with the, the 15 minute one that I'm doing on Friday. It's not just for business people. It's for everybody. Anybody who wants to reach any kind of goal.
0: Yep. All right, getting back to the show. Um, let's talk about, so we're talking about eating clean, but most people, so, you know, I think there's a, there's a problem, we talk about this a lot, and we were kind of the, one of the first companies that really stepped ahead of this, but, you know, shady business in the supplement industry. Now you're eating clean and everything, you need to know, and I mean, we get kind of fired up about this, but you need to know that the, the, what you're taking as far as supplement, mm-hmm is working for you and not against you. So now you're eating clean, you're doing all this thing, you're doing you're doing yourself right by the, doing the nutrition. But now most most of these people whether it's look, supplements are not cheap. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, just an easy, you know, thing to get. We understand it's an expensive thing, but it's something if you like you said if you're serious about your goal, now let's say if you want to lead a healthy normal healthy life, Eating, I think, is enough. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do too much supplementation. But there are some people that are trying to take it to the next level, that are trying to be more active. Mm-hmm. Um, and supplements play a big role in that. I mean, we know. We are a supplement company. Now, I think there's just a lot of companies. How how would you, you know, what do you think about just uh, finding the cleanest supplements for you? You know, what, what are your thoughts on making sure you, what, are, what, are, what am I looking for here, basically?
1: Here's what I I look for. You know anything you know obviously i can take bpi supplements so you know i'm covered there right. but when i'm buying any kind of other product the company that i want to buy from is one that i can relate to and that i know has my best interest in mind that it really that they take it personal and that means something to them and I think that, you know, you. you unfortunately, when you've got an industry like the supplement industry, which is tied to the fitness industry, and it's growing so rapidly, and we've seen that over a short period of time, the fitness industry really, like, blow up fast. Right. And it's going to attract all kinds of people. Everyone wants a piece of it. And, uh, you know, and, and some of those people, their intention is
0: just to make a buck. Hey, the money's good, man. Why would you blame them? Right? Yeah, well, I can still, <laughs>
1: I can still blame them. I, I think it just, it's got to go back to, you know, how you, what are your own personal values and, uh, you know, what's your reason for doing it? We did a video here for BPI, which was my reason for, for doing this. And at the end of the day, what fires me up, what makes me feel good is helping other people. There's no better feeling in the world than that. It's, it's like you tell your kids at Christmas, you know, it's better to give than to receive. And it really is fulfilling, it makes you feel awesome and uh you know so that's what i enjoy and so seeing people reach their fitness goals and and have them you know feel great about themselves and build their confidence and then you know they apply that confidence to other endeavors in their life and find all this success and then for them to hit me up whether it's on youtube or on instagram or you know whatever and tell me this and share these stories it's the craziest feeling ever and that really it's addicting when you get to that point and you want to help more and more people and so for me, that's what, the, that's what gets me up and, and fires me up. Do I believe in supplements? Absolutely. Do I believe they can play a part in your goals? Absolutely. But my, the source of, of my fuel is that, is helping people. And recognizing that supplements are only a small part of the equation that it requires you know the right training, the right nutrition, but more importantly, the commitment to it the consistency and staying the course and being patient. And so that's why we provide all this other information, you know, to keep people fired up and keep them focused and help them reach the goals. But you got to be really honest with them and say, get this out of your head that you're going to get these crazy results in eight, 10 weeks. Can you get great results? Yeah, but are you going to be like, you know fitness model cover ready in 12 weeks like we if,
0: talked about in food is it sustainable is it going to be something that you can
1: stick to well, well if you're 25 pounds overweight you're not going to be fitness model cover ready in 12 weeks it's just not going to happen so you have to you have to look at it and say hey you know what are some realistic goals and I hate that word realistic because I'm all about pushing the limits, okay. but what's what's achievable and then setting a stretch goal beyond that. Like, okay, here I, I think I can do this in this period of time. Let me set it just a notch higher to really push myself and to challenge myself. But to set these crazy expectations that no one's going to achieve in that short of time, you're just setting yourself up for failure and you're going to feel defeated. And We've talked about that before i'm all about you know little things that build your confidence and build momentum and confidence is what makes the world go round and when you experience wins that's what makes you feel confident it makes you feel like you're prepared to take on the next challenge but if every time you turn around you feel like you're just falling short it chips away at your confidence and pretty soon you just feel defeated like we talked about and you throw up your hands and you give up so setting realistic smaller goals is a huge huge part of it so and that's where i get frustrated with some of these companies out there promising these crazy results and promising shortcuts that pisses me off because you're not doing anyone any favors so sometimes i think they to do to do right by someone you have to tell them what they don't want to hear you have to have some integrity and be truthful so that's a lot of like you know kind of like the foundation of bpi and then you know beyond that some of the things we do like the testing you know the third party testing it's it's simply to to stand out and say hey we're not going to just say that our products are better because that doesn't mean anything like everyone's going to say that everyone's going to say ours is the highest quality trust us that's not enough you got to put your money where your mouth is and so that's why we went to chromadex because you know people don't talk about protein spiking now as much as they did 2 years ago when it was all over the news but it still exists today it still exists and the problem is it's always going to exist because as pro, you know protein prices fluctuate up and down for you know the raw material cuz it's a commodity right at the end of the day it's commodity and prices go up and down and when prices go up companies are going to look to cut corners because they want to stay competitive in the marketplace and this is where this is where you know e-commerce channels and amazon can kind of kill you or kill the brands and it ultimately the consumer gets the short end of the stick because if everything is about price now you go on amazon and you want the cheapest 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 well then companies are going to make cheaper and cheaper products protein price is only so cheap so if you can only make it so cheap but you want to sell it cheap then you're going to cut corners. To go ahead and get there
0: what was that recent article that you, you saw that you were sharing with us?
1: That was a consumer reports that was on heavy metals uh. that was on heavy metals and you know which is a big issue I in any kind of food product, I mean heavy metals are present in everything and unfortunately to me now it's not just a food or a supplement problem it's an environmental problem because everything's got heavy metals. matter of fact, some of the proteins that tested the worst were vegetarian proteins yeah. But that's because even plants, you know, look, contaminated soil, contaminated water supplies. So you've got heavy metals even in plants now. You got heavy metals in fish. You got heavy metals in everything. Uh, but that's the other part of testing as well. It's not just testing to make sure that it's got the ingredients that it says, that it's got the protein that it says. It's also a safety concern as well, making yeah. sure that you're testing for all the heavy metals. And, and your and manufacturing contaminants.
0: practices too, you know, everything that takes to make this product as well yeah so so that wasn't real... it surprising to see that all these organic and all they no. were the worst no was... tested
1: the worst well i wasn't surprised because i'd already I, I knew about it when we first started talking to chromadex they had told me way back then they told me that uh that this has been something that's an issue for a long time and it's the same thing with uh you know even these vegetarian proteins a lot of them there's protein spiking that takes place in vegetarian proteins as well, which if you think about it makes sense because to get protein out of vegetables, vegetables are a low source of protein, right? Even your higher ones, even when you get into pea proteins and things like that, relatively speaking, the protein content in, in them is low. So to get to 20, 25, 30 grams of protein in a scoop of you know vegetarian protein is hard. And that's why a lot of them taste so bad too. You know, it's it's not easy to make a high protein. I mean, look, that's always been the debate. That's why that's why those pro those products exist in the first place. Because a lot of people who are vegetarians, it's challenging for them to get enough protein in their diet. Uh, so it's not to say that all the products out there are bad. They're not, and I'm not I'm not knocking vegetarian products or vegetarian proteins. If you're vegetarian, that's the product you're going to take. I uh,
0: I will brag though and say we. We're probably one of the higher grades there
1: yeah you know we've uh, so I was approached once by a company that did uh, independent testing we didn't contract them out I didn't even know who they were they had started in a different industry they started in uh, in foods and they tested all the products out there and he came and said that our protein was one of the cleanest ones that he'd ever tested uh, which which felt really good because when he first told me, I was like, oh, my God, is he going to tell me something that I, that <laughs> I don't know? It's like going
0: know? to the doctor and it's like, do you have you know, you know have something?
1: Yeah, so uh, I, I was really proud of that. I felt good about that. But, it but we weren't
0: surprised, though, because, I mean, to so all we know, we take every measure to make sure, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you, you, it's like, you know, is, is there that chance? I mean, I guess there's always a chance of, like, you know, an off bottle or something like that. But I... Uh, you, that's why you, companies have that responsibility to put that extra work into it, and, it, and it's an ex, it's an extra expense, and that's the tough thing about it. To do all that testing, you can only imagine, you know, to hire a company to come in and do lot testing on this stuff without
0: raising the price on the protein. That's
1: the tough thing. So we we take the hit, uh, you know, by not passing that cost on. So I think that you know we do a really good job of making a really quality product that we put the extra money into the testing and not passing all that cost like on said, to the consumer. Just,
0: there was a point where everybody was talking about it. We just put our money where our bottles were yeah. and we did it. I mean, there was a discussion too, I remember. It was just like, all right, well, how much is the protein going up? Like, no, we're gonna just eat this because we need to. There was nobody else doing it. And there was a certain point where we just said, let's well, separate ourselves Well, In, from
1: in, in all truthfulness, had to had to do it that way because a lot of people didn't recognize the value in it to pay more for it. You know, to say, hey, this is really, really worth it. I'm gonna pay X amount more for it. Most people don't even aren't even aware of the problem with proteins out there. They're most people weren't even aware of protein spiking. Didn't even dawn on them, you know, they were just thinking, hey this product's just cheap. It's just cheap. But at the end of the day, you get what you pay for.
0: Yeah. If you're I mean look, you go out to these Especially these FDM, you know, channels and you see those $16 proteins, like you said, you're paying for a $16 protein, bro. You better watch it. Would you pay for a $16 protein? Not, no? No, not knowing what I know. <laughs> but uh, so all of this, I mean, if you guys really want to see an awesome video on how your protein is actually made, we've got one up there on YouTube. Right now you can search how is your protein made and you can see our you know, where you went to Wisconsin with the video guys, and we literally took you from step one to step 10 in there in the Chromadex uh, labs mm-hmm. where you guys were all masked up. and
1: Which was kind of cool. By the way, speaking of that consumer reports, that was one of the things they were saying. So out of all the different sources of protein from vegetarian proteins, you know, plant-based to egg to all the different types, the whey protein was one of the cleanest.
0: Oh, the whey protein was
1: whey protein in general. Yeah, is one of the. Cleanest. And you know,
0: to even talk about it, you know, you're talking about how such small portion of a plant protein. I mean, we realize it takes what 700, 700 gal. What is it? Seven hundred whatever oh, right. of raw whey yeah. to make up tub a five pound tub. Yeah, it was a lot. Uh, that's that's crazy to me. Um, but yeah, so I said I said today was going to be a short episode, and we we're already up, you know, hour and twenty minutes. Fuck it, right? Um, lastly, talk about talk about the chromaDEX. So if, Real quick for people that don't know, this was the the third party people that we reached out to mm-hmm. um, to handle it and you know not a lot of people they're the number one guys in the in the world. nobody even really knows them and why should they really um, but to us to, to us they're important.
1: Well, you, you may not recognize them as ChromoDEX, but right they're, that's they're what o- I mean. but they're they're owned by LabCorp. So everyone recognizes LabCorp. you drive past one, you know when you're driving down the street, that's where you're going to go. If the doctor sends you to go get blood work, you're going to go to LabCorp. So they are recognized. It's just the Chromadex name isn't as recognized. But uh, so they're just an independent analytical laboratory. And this is what they specialize in is supplements. Uh, Matter of fact, the FDA, when the FDA wants to test something, that's who they go to. So these guys are legit. Uh, but it was just that it, it started with the protein spiking and me reading all this stuff in the news, saying this is bad. This is bad for the whole industry. If, as a consumer, I wouldn't trust anything that's out there because if all these big brands and there were some big names that were being called out for this, and they were, you know, there were all these class action lawsuits. That if this is happening, then what is a consumer's perception going to be of these products? And so I felt like it wasn't just to protect ourselves, protect our brand and let our customers know that we were, you know, going that extra step to make sure they were getting the quality they deserve. But I also felt like it was going to raise the standard in the industry, which you actually saw that after it, after we launched the whole Chromadex campaign and this whole trust your protein campaign, you saw other companies step up and use different testing methodologies, which is great. Which Which we're not
0: like, hey, they're copying us, whatever. No, you want that. You want want everybody to do that. Look,
1: that's that's what I want for the industry in general because I don't – and it's not because of the industry. I don't give a shit about the industry as much as I care about the end consumers. I want to make sure whether they're buying our protein or somebody else's protein, I want to make sure they're getting a good quality product.
0: Besides the protein, if you were stuck on a desert island with one supplement, what would it be?
1: Well – Unless I had a natural spring source of protein, mixing seawater and protein wouldn't be very good. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, What's your
0: favorite supplement just just in general? I know everybody here, you know, we've asked some of the guys that and creatine is there. Like, that's the, the – that was the holy grail. I know I've had a conversation with you when creatine came out. I was like, that's the shit right there.
1: For – When you want to feel a difference, when you want to feel like, hey, you know, there's one supplement that I can take that's going to put a couple extra pounds on, make me feel stronger, there's no substitute for creatine. Creatine's great. As far as day to day stuff, I'm still, you know, an amino acid fan. I like essential amino acids. So that's why we have that Essential Nine, which is the nine essential aminos. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why we have BCAs. I do, I am a big fan of the liquid water enhancers. And here's why I hate drinking water. You know it's the best supplement there it's is drowning for me. You know look you, you have to have it, right? You got to drink your water and and even in the gym or on the field for athletic performance you've got to drink water. And I know people say the water doesn't taste like anything, but water tastes gross to me except when I'm really really hot and thirsty. If it's cold mm. and it's it's good. But to get the amount of water that I need in the day, sometimes I need that little extra help. So I've always used things to flavor my water. The big thing in the past used to be Crystal Light. Like every fitness competitor and bodybuilder all used Crystal Light. Then when BCAs started tasting really good, everyone started mixing BCAs in with the water, which is what I do too. Did
0: BCAs taste like shit before? Or was uh, yeah. it like a no taste, really?
1: No, they tasted okay. But the flavoring technology just got better. Uh, the solubility of BCAs got better because uh, they just really used to sit on top uh, but i like the liquid water enhancers just because it's so convenient you know even here every before every episode you see me do it you know i fill up a, a cup of water and i like the best energy but we got the best amino so it's just supplemental to my supplements yeah. i'm not trying to get my daily dose of aminos with you know with the best amino product but it just adds to what I'm already taking, but it ta- you know makes my water taste yeah, it good. It tastes wonderful. So I just think it's cool. Uh, it's just one of those supplements that I like it because it's just so convenient.
0: Yeah, you just take it wherever you go. I had it on for my hike in Yosemite. I was just we're making snow cones with it. I mean it was it was great. It got me Did you? you got did me up cones? the hill. We did have snow cones. It was wonderful. Best energy snow cones. That's pretty cool. At night we were drinking uh I mean the first so thing So you was-
1: just wadded up a ball of snow?
0: Watered up a ball of snow, we just poured it right on there and I was just eating it like it was a snow cone. Only thing is we forgot some like water. So we're there like with our, um, little oven, little set oven, just melting ice, you know? So that was, that was glad to be glad you had snow. Yes. Oh, there's water is important. Yes, water is very important. Um, and we forgot it. So, but we had a good time doing that. Um,
1: so yeah, those are my favorite supplements outside of a protein. And I, I already told you protein for me is a convenience. It's, you know, I consider, I don't even consider it supplements as much as I do just nutrition, you know, a protein is a food product at the end of the day. And so for me, it just helps me get that extra amount of protein, the extra calories, especially times like right now where I'm just not on my A game. It it kind of holds me together.
0: Right. Well, I think this was a great episode. Um, another long one. So we'll probably have a good title for this. We'll think about it later. Well, but and I
1: think there's plenty of other topics that we can cover with, uh, I mean, we didn't even really dive into This was it. kind of like
0: a surface thing. I think yeah. we'll have part two, part three, or part four of the nutrition and supplementation it, talk.
1: Yeah, really diving into the difference between uh, losing fat versus building muscle. Whether you can do both simultaneously, that's always a big debate. Right. Can you get lean and build muscle at the same time? Or even maintain lean muscle and lose fat at the same time? I heard that, I
0: think, from like Arnold or something. It's like he, he walked up to the bodybuilder. He's like, you guys do something that only 1% of the world can do. Build muscle while losing fat at the same time. How hard is that really? I and mean, we'll get into it, but.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. That Actually, that'll be a good episode. There's uh We'll probably
0: get someone more serious than I am to talk to about that. Maybe Chris, bring Chris in here or something.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll bring Chris or Whitney or both of those guys yep. in here, which uh, for you guys that don't know, Chris is our VP uh, here at BPI. Whitney's our national sales manager, but both those guys have competed. Whitney's been on countless magazine covers. Whitney. Even though he's not into competing, gets more shredded than anybody I know. Like, just crazy peeled. It's
0: another thing with like Chris, like one of the one of those guys that just never diets. He's always just on or off.
1: He still diets when he's when he wants to do a show. He just he's a sneaky dieter. Yeah, you just don't know he's doing it. He eats it.
0: so fast. He's in like three bites. You and just, he brings all of his meal. His meal prep is ground beef and turkey in aluminum foil. He could just put in his pocket and, and open up anywhere. And hard boiled eggs. Hard-boiled <laughs> eggs and Greek yogurt yeah uh so thank you guys for tuning into another episode make sure you guys subscribe this was live to you we're talking to you on youtube and also thank you to everyone that joined us on instagram today thank you for you know interacting with us uh make sure you subscribe we'll see you guys soon but remember to also if you want to check out us check us out on fitcon april 6th and 7th with uh three-time arnold champion jay cutler and james grage will be doing a keynote speech on saturday but on Friday, you can join us around 2.30 for James, where he talks about his success equation. Uh, tickets are available at bpsforcecom slash FitCon. Make sure you subscribe to James on his Instagram, which is James underscore Grage underscore. I got him doing a lot more things on there. And also YouTube. More, more, more to come, actually. Yeah, more to come. And YouTube is uh, still our home. We love YouTube. Um, and we're going to be putting out content this week. Also, look out for the last video from our band series. Legs. Yes, on legs, which, which was, was,
1: which was a killer.
0: Yeah, I saw I you. Killed, have, I was dead after that. Yeah, so it should be a good one because everybody thinks like leg day. How How are you gonna do bands with legs? We'll stick to us. Uh, yep. Tune in on Thursday, and then next week. And the week after, we'll be getting started with our advanced training techniques in there. So if you guys want to help us out in any way, make sure you subscribe. If you have any comments or questions, leave them below. And I know James will get to it. He loves reading what you guys have to say and really just say anything you want. Even give us some, uh, just say hey sometimes. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for everything. Peace.